0: Good morning and welcome to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Ben Dobbin with you this morning across Rural Queensland today. A very good morning to everybody through 4SB and Kingaroy, 4ZR and Roma, 4VL in Charleville, 4HI and Emerald, 4LM Mount Isa, 4LG Longridge, 4GC Charters Towers and the Hot Country Network. Good morning to you. A lot to get through and we're going to have a big conversation with Robbie Catter this morning. Uh, parliament on again and never has the state government been under pressure uh, more than what they are at the present moment. Huge huge upside if we can get a change of government. Um, there's a lot to happen. Um, um, I really am struggling uh, to understand how Anastasia Palaszczuk is still in government. Uh, we will keep you abreast of everything that's going on and this week. Expect her um, to no doubt uh, be, uh, in a lot of ways, um, given a lot of pressure. Uh, so much more to get through this morning um, than that. We'll talk about the tragedy as well that happened at Warabinda. Rural Queensland today, you're with Ben Dobbin. Robbie Catter joins us next. This is Rural Queensland today. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today. Before I start uh, and talk with Rob Catter, I do want to talk about the absolute um, horrific scenes that have happened in Warabinda over the weekend. Uh, as you are all aware, um, a tragedy occurred with the death of two little boys who were trapped inside a disused car. Now, there is detectives on the way um, to Worabinda. They are specialising in the sudden, unexplained death of children. Um, they were trapped inside a disused car. Now, a crime scene remains on a property at Warabinda, a remote Indigenous community, 170 kilometres west of Rockhampton. These boys passed away on Friday night. In what is being described as a tragic, tragic accident, two boys aged between two and three have climbed into a disused car in a backyard and were not able to get out. Rockhampton... Police station and investigations are there at the moment and obviously there is still investigations going on and detectives from the Child Trauma Unit and the Crime and Intelligence Command are also being flown up there. There is no suggestion at the moment that the boys were victims of abuse or neglect. Uh, Detective Superintendent um, Darren Shadow said on Saturday night, there were adults at home at the time the children came to be in the car but it was not in the view of the house. Read into that what you like. The temperature in Worabinda on Friday was 33.7 and it was not low on how long the children were in the car before the alarm was raised community members found the two boys unconscious and not breathing on the back seat of the car around 6.30pm. Both boys were driven to Warrabinda Hospital where paramedics attempted CPR and were unfortunately declared deceased before the rescue helicopter had hit the town. Police and paramedics then returned to the home around 9.15 and they discovered a three-year-old boy in the same car. This is just horrific. Uh, The second child was laying down in the rear footwell of the vehicle and was not seen by residents when they located the first child. The two little boys were related but not brothers one had been staying at Wurrubinda and one had vis- been visiting. According to Queensland Police, the Children Trauma Unit is a group of highly trained investigators. The Investigators, it's been reported, investigate the southern unexplained deaths of children as well as serious injuries and deaths resulting from suspected child abuse and neglect. Now as I'll say, I am in no way insinuating that is the case but there is a special unit there at this moment. These kind of things and this kind of tragedy is happening a lot and it's just not in it, it it's everywhere. And those little souls did not deserve that. And this is happening in regional Australia and regional Queensland on a far too frequent basis. It's concerning, it's worrying, And it speaks of that we need to be better. We really do need to be better. A lot is going on. Uh, A lot is going on. And that is the real concern. May they rest in peace, those two little souls, and I hope the police um, sort out exactly what has gone on. And I just hope, moving forward, that there is some peace with the family and that there is some explanation into what looks to be a completely preventable tragedy, a shocking way for me to start a Monday morning on Rural Queensland Day, but one that I thought needed to be mentioned and talked about, dreadful situation in Warpinder, In Warabinda. We'll take a break, come back with more. Robert Catter joins us next on Rural Queensland Today. Monday morning, rural Queensland today on the Resonate broadcast network. Ben Dobbin with you this morning, and so much to get through. Um, Robert Catter, the leader of the Catter Party, joins us this morning. Robbie, good morning. Thanks so much for being with us, mate. Happy Monday. How was your weekend, firstly?
1: Uh, well, mate, yeah, always a pleasure. I um in travelling around the place, but uh, get some time with the family and on the weekends now, which, as you know, It burns up pretty much. But, mate, I I, I haven't spoken to you since the Nisha try. That was was the most important thing we had to talk about, Uh, (laughs) big achievement.
0: It was a big achievement. Um, And, look, I'm happy it's done, but it's over. Move on to the next one. Mate, um, (coughs) lots to to like um, as well uh, in, in your town, but there's some real issues, fundamental issues. And we talked about it. We touched on it about three weeks ago. But this yep. speed camera issue is just starting to get out of control. It is the – the, and I'm calling it revenue raising in the bush. I'm calling yep. it absolutely focusing and targeting on, on, on the less, and that's the bush and regional Queenslanders, yep. is just unheard of. It is ridiculous.
1: Yeah, I think the government thinks it's safe ground because they'll always just say, well, you know, you got to stop people speeding, and speeding kills lives. That's the that's the throwaway line. But you know, the flip side is we've got hundreds, literally hundreds of people have contacted our officers, and between Shane himself and both of it and our electorates, but they've been scattered all through Western Queensland. And uh, you're just talking about pensioners, um, got the single parents who can just ill afford this, who are uh, getting done on a remote road with an unmarked speed camera there's no signs no warnings they've hidden um, well you know they're on the side of the road but they've hidden the fact that they're speed cameras what why wouldn't you put a sign up saying slow down and the speed cameras in use which has well, the that, that, effect that, why wouldn't you do that? That,
0: that that's a really good point i mean no one's saying don't put a speed camera in mount isa or in the bush or in Concurry. yeah but mate give you some warning what like Speed camera there, like, so people can actually, you know, they slow down. But these hiding behind, and I mean, in the bush, less cars, less bigger roads, longer distance, Um, it happens. And I'm not justifying it. I'm not saying in any way. Um, But, look, I've got to be honest with you. I came down out of the bush and came to Brisbane. And, mate, you should have seen the tickets. They just started piling up because I was used to driving in the bush. And I'm not condoning it by any means, but... You got to give some notice.
1: Well, you know, like that—that's where they fully. That always, people, no one wants to speak up on it because they'll say, "Oh, what do you? You in favour of speeding." And I think, you know, what I probably am. I probably am in favour of speeding because, guess what? Those those speeds have been the same for fifty years on those roads, and the cars have improved a fair bit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the ability to stop, the control, the steering, everything's improved, and um, uh, yet, though, and like, and you say, well, safety you want people dying on roads, well, it's the same as it's same as firearm control, anything. Like, you're not going to ban your way or, you know, speed ticket your way into safety. Like, there's some people that make bad decisions on the road and they do that regardless of what you, you know, what you do. You can try and curb some of that behaviour. But putting speed cameras up that um, the first people know about is two weeks later getting a ticket in the mail. Like that So there's no association with that behaviour then. And, um, or very little, like two weeks after the event. And, um, how's that trying to help people? I mean, a police car that pulls you over and says, mate, you're doing this, I'll let you off this time, or I'll give, I've got to give you a ticket, but just keep it down, mate. That's a lot bigger impact. If you're trying to stop speeding, that's what you do. And if you're trying to revenue raise, you plonk some privately operated things in the, wherever they're not even in, and, and we've demonstrated that, they're not in areas where there's hot spots of speeding. You just plonk them in the middle of nowhere where you think you can catch people out. That is disgusting. And if you if anyone read these messages that we've had sent in to us from people in letters saying, Look, we can ill afford this, I'm battling. I went out to visit my uh, kid who's working out on a single mum going, to visit my kid in Mount Isa, never had a ticket for so many years and here we go in the middle of nowhere, I got this ticket at eight o'clock at night. It just you know breaks your heart reading that over and over again from people. And the and cost of living so high and you're getting these speed tickets. One bloke said, it was, you know, the company car, the company got $5,000 fine off it. It's just, mate, it, it is absolutely out of control and someone needs to be sacked on this. It is just not acceptable. Are you getting and a lot
0: of messages about it? Are, are you getting a lot oh, of mate, messages?
1: Flooded. Yeah. Uh, I mate, That's You know, that was the, the key thing, the amount of people and the heartache that comes through in every message. Of, um, people just saying, please, just leave us alone. Like And, and remember again, no speed death here, no if they were actually trying to catch people they would have gone down the Times Creek Aramac Road. There was um there's a number of deaths down there and there was some uh, reports of um, you know, there was there was that was a hot spot as identified, but no, they put it back on the Times Creek. Who knows why? They have Aramac Winton, um uh, sorry, Bark Holden, Winton. Yeah. They're scattering them throughout um, all these western areas. And you see what the hell are you trying to do? And here's the other thing, Dolo. If you're trying to fix safety, you have to actually fix the bloody highway. The Flinders Highway is an absolute disgrace. $17 billion worth of economic activity along that every year. And, and now we've got a single-lane bridge on there at 20 kilometres an hour because they can't uh, replace a bridge. I just drove past a new big pedestrian footbridge here in Brisbane on Smith Drive yep. last night. and then, um, But they can't afford another bridge there. So we've got a single-lane 20 km an hour bridge on Flinders Highway. You've got wheel ruts in the bitumen highway. Which are very dangerous and potholes right through it from between you and Richmond. They can't fix that, but they can put speed cameras on the on the road, and none of that revenue from those speed cameras is going back into those those areas on those roads either.
0: That's the big thing. Um, You know, they're not putting any any money back in. We can see where the money and the royalties come from. It's always been the same way yet we see the lack of services and we see the penalties that are continually happening. And you look at the fishing industry and you've got this, I mean, you're in Parliament this week. The, the fishing industry, the, these poor people oh, just have sad. lost their livelihoods. It is, I can't even begin to talk about how disgusting it has been, Rob. Yep, yeah.
1: It's just sad, mate. And if... if if, I think people would be entitled to say, oh, fair enough, mate, you've got to cut down. If there was some science there, there's something that said, gee, this has had a real impact, all these numbers are down, uh, the only thing they tried to bring was the mackerel, which ended up just being debunked, the science on that. And then in the, when it got to the Gulf, they just, they didn't even bother with the science. They just said, no, nah, actually, this is just in the ground for UNESCO. We're shutting you guys down. And, and again, just listening, to these people are saying, "Well, hang on, I've, look, I've done nothing else. My family's done nothing else for three generations, and and um, you know, this, look, I like to tell. You, I think there's only like 50, 60 fishermen up yeah. there, and um, so you think about people working out the hot sun for. Um, they go out for three or four weeks at a time and come back in. They do that, and the work they do, like a lot of them, catching, filleting out there in the freezer, it's hard work, mate, and that's hot conditions." Doing that to put fresh fish on our table. Uh, now we'll be buying that from Indonesia, the fish farms in Indonesia now, and uh, you know it won't be sold for a lot of those fishmongers anymore. Just go straight through to Coles and Woolworths, and everyone thinks that's a great outcome. And UNESCO was the one that pulled the trigger. They're the ones telling us what to do. So maybe we should start voting for UNESCO. Put them on the ballot paper when the election times come around because they seem to be controlling a lot of what we do in the country now, and um, and that just Makes my blood boil.
0: How, how did that? So mate. How did that happen? Like, and I mean that genuinely. How how does that happen? That we're in a situation that, and I mean it's embarrassing that you've got a organisation that really there's no science to what they're saying, and we we talk about UNESCO, they make all the decisions now on behalf of the government. Mm. The government. They go, no, 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 no. Well, we've got our scientists. Now, well, there's no credibility here at all. This is about the vegetation laws. This is about well, well, everything that's going well. on. And it is in – like, we are really it, – it, it, it'll go down in history as one of the worst decisions ever because they've just found some scientist group that they, they actually – they that, that meets their ideologies. And yep. they just go down that road.
1: Yeah, they just – I, I, yeah, I, I, that's the thing. History will judge us badly. In fact, you know, you triggered the other event from last week, which was Westpac announcing that yeah. uh, they've assigned this accord on the
0: what's that about the
1: deforestation? Which is so, is, so okay. So now you're implementing you know, policies that impact on uh, land management throughout Australia. I thought that's what governments are supposed to do. Like <laughs> that's why we vote governments in and out. But now the major banks have got a, um, you know, have got a, a stronghold. A, a a very big market share on, on yeah. what ha- happens in these areas. So now they're determining how we, um, you know, like things on, like tree clearing, which with no, so, I mean, the science is even worse on the tree clearing. They had no records in the tree clearing of um, the regrowth measured against the any trees falling down. So, it, you know, it's quite probable that there's more trees growing back than knocked down, that were being knocked down. There wouldn't be now. Uh, it's hardly anything happening now. But, you know, just, again, that same point, what you're sowing, there's, there's, none of this stuff is um, is uh, scientific based. or anything. it's just ideologically driven. And, and Tanya Plibersek was in there, saying, doubling down on its own. I'm proud of proud of what I've done here. Um, we're proud of these moves. So yeah, yeah, we're up against it, mate. Out in regional areas, and um, it's 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 really dark times for anyone involved in producing things in Australia, particularly in the primary industries. Um, you're bundled wow. together now.
0: It, it, it is absolutely dreadful. We've got water issues going on. We've got uh, the Murray Darling. Uh, we've got uh, now banks starting to dictate until and on their terms. Our guest this morning is Robbie Catter. We'll take a break. Come back with more. This is Rural Queensland today. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today. Robbie Catter joining us this morning. Just going back to Westpac quickly, they decided to sponsor the Queensland Maroons because they believed that they wanted to be more um, in aligned with people in, in their business. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is great. Um, but what they're doing is they're completely, completely doing everything against the rural and regional Queenslanders. So people will not bank with them. In a lot of ways... What they're doing is forcing the hands of customers to say, "Well, hang on, we we don't think we can bank with them anymore," and that's their own way of saying they actually don't want to do the business. And to me, yeah, to me, that is the, the the real issue, and and that's the, that's a huge concern, Rob.
1: Yeah, it should be. Um, it, it, it should be a concern because it's um, how to sell you. I mean. Look what Qantas have done selling their name um, in, in so many ways. But um, yeah, Westpac's stepping up on the block. You've got um, these executives, executives at the table thought it'd be a good idea to indulge in this stuff and applying their emotional, you know, or ideological values and doing it without checking the science or checking the validity of what they're doing. And um, you know, it's, it's pretty poor act. Um, what do you say? They're doing a poor job by the shareholders because uh, I, I think there's a strong list, so they, they, they're going to diminish their um, business by by doing it, making this, doing this, and and um, they're doing it to make themselves feel good. I don't know, so they're popular around the the cocktail functions in Sydney or Melbourne, wherever they reside, when they're talking about what they did for climate change or UNESCO and how they keep them in touch with all these issues. So, um, they don't... I don't know, if you, you live out west, you sort of shake your head at this stuff, but it, we can't afford to just do that. We've got to stand up against it and, and somehow fight it. So it's um, every, every week I sort of I, I check the papers now and just you find something new like this and um, I, I just hope that people start to wake up to it, Dobbo, because it's, it's tearing our industries apart and, and probably even more insidious, it's, it's taking away our right to prosperity in this nation and that's a really big thing.
0: It's National Ag Day on Friday and I know that what we're going to do in the cities is try and highlight some of the, the real, you know, stories because we don't have anybody championing us from the government at the moment. I, I, I'm so concerned and I mean this and I'm talking about a lot of things that are going on at the present moment. But the crime, youth crime is such a big thing. And we know how, and we know how big it is. Mm. Yet they've got a toy gun, which is a gel blaster, mm. um, and they're banning a toy gun. Now, I mean, why does anybody want a, joy, a gel blaster? I, I have no idea. But what I do know is that um, there is a lot going on, and to ban a toy gun when they could be focusing on criminals, we, we've seen the jails now. Like the the, the sentencing's a joke. Um, we've seen all this, yet for some unknown reason they want to ban that and they came out and they banged their drums.
1: Yeah, this would have this would have taken someone all of like 30 seconds. You know, it would have been a thought bubble in one of the discussion groups between the ministerial staff and one of the departments, maybe QPS, someone that uh, would have said, you know, what have we got? What are some options? Because we need to announce something and we're not willing to do anything meaningful and uh, someone would have workshop this idea and put it on the table and no one would have the guts to stand up and say that's ridiculous, that'll do nothing um, and that's just window dressing in terms of doing a you know, policy that's going to have any meaningful impact and they, they put it out mate so I mean it, it, it goes into all those <laughs> banning a toy and thinking that's going to help with this youth crime crisis is just, I mean I, I don't even know where you start uh-huh. responding to that but it's just ridiculous and, and it it just shows, I mean, it, it's consistent at least with their approach for the last year. Um, you know, We're almost on to a year now when they made those big reforms and they said, we're going to um, extend the maximum te- sentence, which, you know, I was straight on that at the time, and that's just ridiculous. No one even gets the maximum sentence anyway. That was their big, uh, one of their big announcements then. They said the extreme thing. None of them did anything, and here we are. A year later, it's all got worse. Sure. And, you know, so they're just clutching at straws now and throwing anything, and um, and <laughs> throw the gel blasters. And, oh, oh mate! It'll be will funny will if it she last.
0: Will she last? I mean, Rob, we have got an election next year. The premier is under enormous pressure. We we know the uh, polls, we know the opinions, we know everything that's going on. Now, there's some really smart operators sitting below her. And Cameron Deakin and Shannon Fenneman, Why haven't they challenged from within, or do you think that's a possibility that it could happen?
1: Oh well, yeah. I, I mean, uh, it, mathematically, it's a it have to happen because you can't just keep bleeding um, in in the polls like she is and uh, expect to stay there. And um, they're going to need some sort of change. And um, they're winning, and like you know, no disrespect to the. Opposition, but they're not setting the world on fire either. So, well, the worrying you know, that, part is that they're not. The,
0: yeah, the worrying part is that where where's the leaders coming from? Where are they coming from? Because I don't believe at the moment they're they're jumping out of the skin. I mean, David's doing a great job, but who else is going and putting their hand up?
1: Yeah, I don't know, mate. But um, yeah, I definitely <laughs> I'm not really excited about any leadership change. In some ways, I'd, I'd like the Premier to stay there because, um, <laughs> it make him easier to bring him down. But, um, it's, it's just the, it's the whole direction of government, mate. And, you know, like, no one else is coming out, um, like Dave hasn't been coming out with anything great on the, on the, um, crime either. It's just, it's just been sort of saying, we'll we'll get tough on crime. But, like, I think people want to hear exactly what you're going to do. Like, you know, that's what we've sort of, We've built with the KP that relocation sentencing policy to say, well, here's something real, like that you would do, and and you would apply maximum sentencing to it, which is something real, and you know, saying adult times, adult crimes, like that's something real that you actually do, uh, not just saying we'll have making motherhood statements and we get tough on it, or you know, that, that's all good that we don't like labour, but you know, you've got to give something something real to um, to follow on the vote and. You know, so that's going to be the problem of getting little labour is, is offering something uh, substantial on the, on the flip side and hopefully we can be part of that with the KFP. And, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I think I, I think there's very little chance the Premier will stay there uh, much longer, but uh, who knows, mate, what goes on, on there close
0: um, Look, you, you, you're dead right. Quickly, I want to talk about a good news story and I, and I should have probably led with this. But your great mate Stephen Curley, I mean, in times where businesses, um, you know, are sort of trying to be conserving, a great a great business in Curly Cattle Transport has expanded their fleet. Um, It is unbelievable what is going on.
1: Yeah, mate, um, they've done a very good job there over the years. um, Being a small little family operation, and um, they built up to something pretty bloody big and um, it's always good too when businesses don't get um, you know too corporatized, where you still you know a lot of people still talk to the owner when they're, they're ringing up and um, and uh, you know when they know all the drivers and they know all the people in the organisation it's good like that and uh, um, you know I had something in the cattle industry which is um, part of our character out there in the uh, um, western areas yeah it's, it's it's been really good and I guess you know Helps speak to the longevity of the industry. Um, we need those small operators out there desperately, and um, but and it's good to have the big ones in there as well that can, um, you know, provide uh, I don't know a bit of the grunt, I suppose, in in, um, um, in industry talk. And you know, you know, some of those um, those big jobs that they have to do, especially in like drought times, and that it's, um, it's good to have a big operator in there that can. Um, Move bulk cattle. And, uh, yeah, so, knowing, you know, having that investment in Mount Isha's farm, um, uh, yeah, having the uh, that acquisition it was, it was positive sign to the industry.
0: Yeah, you're dead right. And well done, uh, Stephen Curley and all involved. Curley Cattle Transport, um, purchasing Brennan's from Ian and Anna Brennan, um, including five triple road trains. It's a great story. Robbie, thanks for giving me some time, mate. I know how busy you are. Uh, big week in Parliament this week, and obviously the cattle Party will be going hard uh, unbelievable. Well done, mate. Thanks so much for being with us. Thanks, Dobbo. All the best, mate. Jeez. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Um, are the ministers soft on crime? Well, yeah. Youth Justice Minister Di Farmer has said the courts, not the politicians, uh, need to be better in a damning new Evidence that shows that the courts are not imposing harsher sentences amid revelations that no young offender had received the increased maximum sentence legislated this year. Now, to be fair to Anastasia Palaszczuk, she introduced tougher penalties for youth crime and it looked like that things might change. It's never been worse. Never been worse, youth crime in this state. Robbie Catter was just talking about it. We've all talked about it it was off the back of the death of mother Emma Lovell in the um, on Boxing Day 2022, she increased the maximum sentences. Unlawful use of a motor vehicle from seven to ten years and 14 years with circumstances of aggravation such as the offence being committed at night or threats of violence. But what I can tell you is that no juvenile has been slapped with either an increase of the penalty or with any further sentencing, and this was legislated in March. Now, the Youth Justice Minister has come out and said, once Parliament passes the laws, and they had bipartisan support, David have fully supported them, that then the courts need to interpret the law and they need to act on it. And it's not up to a politician to question it. Well, you know, you can ask the question publicly, but, um, you know, it, it's it, it's very hard to understand or know what's the right way. She is making some points, though, that the courts are the ones who obviously then make it very possible for this to be interpreted the right way and for the youth justice uh, sentences to be increased. Now, if the judges don't want to increase that, well, what more can they actually do? Now, David Crisopoli has come out and he's agreed with this. She's given the courts, Miss Farmer's given the courts the tools to make the decisions and the judiciary can use the maximum penalty, but at this present moment, the judges are not doing that. It is a very, very, very serious issue. The Labor government are building more detention centres and they are trying to get victims, give victims more support. They've increased the money. Now David Christofulli has come out and said on Sunday it's clear that the state government laws were soft. Well, he was part of this. The policy is all about the announcement and not about the protection of people. It's nearly 12 months on and not a single young offender has got a maximum penalty show's that is dealing with any of the political issues. So the system is broken. This will be talked about a lot this week. And I know I've banged on a lot about these kind of things this week, but this is the stuff that is really, really troubling in the regions. You know, you've just got to understand the enormity of what is going on here. Barnaby Joyce uh, weds Vicky Campion over the weekend. We've had him on this show many, many times before. The former Deputy Prime Minister married his partner Vicky Campion in a remote rural uh, wedding in his New England electorate. And Barnaby's 56, Miss Campion 38. They tied the knot in front of more than 80 guests. His two sons were page boys and were present. They both wore matching Akubras. Uh, well done to Barnaby, who's had a, um, you know, a very very tough personal life being played out with the breakdown of his first marriage. But uh, well done to Barnaby Joyce, who got married over the weekend, and um, obviously has been a big part of this show and, and does a lot for rural and regional Australia. Been a huge advocate of it, um, and go from there. There is um, there is a lot going on. I was lucky enough to attend. Uh, the Morton Co. Mort's Mates dinner on Saturday night in Toowoomba. And I just want to say, you want to talk about um, a organisation that does a lot. Morton Co., very well known, and we do know Charlie Mort and what they do, but they are running a phenomenal show. Stephen O'Brien, uh, along with Charlie Mort and Brett Campbell, all present, uh, doing a wonderful job in making sure that everything, um, not only on and in the industry, but outside. I had a gala dinner on Saturday night that was second to none, and Busby Maru were there, and obviously uh, huge, huge supporters of rural and regional Queensland And Busby Maroo did a fantastic job performing. A lot happening, um, and we'll keep you abreast this week, um, but... So much to get through uh, as well. So let's just be thankful with what's going on. Storms around, but still very, very dry in a lot of areas. We'll keep you abreast of that as well this week. This is Rural Queensland Today. Well, that's it from us here this morning at Rural Queensland Today. I hope you've enjoyed the show. We're back same time, same place tomorrow morning from 9am on Rural Queensland Today. Stay safe on the roads and remember, when the weed is ripe, keep the headers rolling in the paddock from everybody here at Rural Queensland Today. Till next time, it's bye for now.